If you will, grab your Bibles and join me in Acts chapter 2, verse 16 through 18. I'm going to read from the New International Version of the translation. Again, that's Acts chapter 2, verse 16 through 18. For those who have uh, electronic devices, you tend to, to grab hold and search the text uh, in your Holy Scriptures much more faster than those who are working uh, with their papal Bibles. But uh, for those of you on paper, I want to give the text one more time. Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 16 through 18. Today I'm reading from the New International Version uh, of the translation. Uh, want to uh, go ahead now and, and give you the subject that I want to focus on today. I want to present a question uh, before us. Uh, is this in my life? And as I read the text to you in just a moment, I want you to ponder that question. Is this in my life? Again, Acts chapter 2, verse 16 through 18, reading from the New International Version of the translation. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all my people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Let me just read that again for good measure. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Just for a point of thought again, is this in my life? Unless you've been on a, uh, under a rock for the past week, you are most likely to some degree familiar with the turn of events between America and Iran, with the Twitter war between governments of two nations, the stark difference of opinion among Americans and members of Congress concerning the president's order to execute a drone strike on a high-ranking governmental official of Iran, and the potential for a war to start over this entire matter, more and more I am reminded we are in the last days. I've lived long enough to know there is always more to a story that often meets the eye. In the story of our lives, there is reason to ponder if there is a witness to the outpouring of God's spirit upon us. In our text, we find Peter, after the Holy Spirit fell upon uh, the apostles, and enabled them to speak the wonders of God to, uh, in other known languages without any prior training, telling the crowd in Jerusalem, no, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. The this Peter referred to is the visible outpouring of God's spirit upon his people. The events recorded in Acts 2, verse 1 through 18, are not meant to serve as an exact prescriptive manifestation of the Holy Spirit to all members of the New Testament church. Rather, the events serve as descriptive texts, 
which bear witness to the power of God in the life of a believer who has experienced an outpouring of God's spirit. The question then is this in my life. I want to spend a few moments discussing the outpouring of God's spirit in our lives. The outpouring of God's spirit within the context of our focal text really has to do with the Holy Spirit enabling believers to accomplish the plans and purchase of God in the lives of people. The outpouring of God's spirit also as being is also known as being filled with the spirit is the work of God in the lives of his people. The people of God cannot enable themselves to do the work of God effectively. To do the work of God effectively, the people of God need fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. It goes without saying, whenever a person is filled with the Spirit and others witness the power of God manifested through that person, questions naturally arise. People want to know, how did this occur? They want to know, why did this occur? And they want to know, what is this? In the case of the, of the believers speaking the wonders of God, as seen in Acts 2, 1 through 8, the question from the witnesses was, what does this mean? The witnesses concluded, the men must be drunk. But Peter answered their question this way, no, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In very basic terms, Peter declared, this is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. The prophecy of Joel is for all who place their faith in Christ for salvation. Jesus affirmed the prophecy in his own words in Acts 1 and 8 when he commanded the apostles to remain in Jerusalem until they received power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Jesus didn't tell them how this would occur. He didn't tell them precisely when this would occur. He did tell them this will occur. The point of demarcation for the last days, in my estimation, begins when the apostles and perhaps even the 120 believers who were with the apostles in Jerusalem were filled with the Holy Spirit to speak the wonders of God to all people. At the beginning of the early church, we learn their power came from the Holy Spirit. Their ability to speak the wonders of God was possible due to the Holy Spirit enabling them to do so. We then must ask ourselves, is this in my life? Jesus commanded us to make disciples of all people. He commanded his disciples are to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He commanded us to teach all that he commanded and he commanded us to preach the gospel. If we are to fulfill the Great Commission, there must be an outpouring of the Spirit in our lives. How then can we know we are filled with the Spirit? This is the question at hand. How can the believer know 
that he or she is filled with the Spirit. I'm not going to set out to give an exhaustive compendium uh, or excuse me, a commentary on the subject, but I am going to give three brief points that will help you to understand, that will help us to understand how we can know if we are filled with the Spirit. Well, number one, if we're filled with the Spirit, uh, we can we can learn and know this in the following manner. Number one, we are believers in Christ Jesus. Acts 1 and 15 helps us to begin to understand that as believers in Christ Jesus, the filling of the Holy Spirit then, uh, as we understand it, first and foremost, was promised by Jesus himself in John 14 and 16. Jesus asked the Father. He said he would ask the Father to give us the Spirit, and the Spirit then would be with us forever. The very first sign uh, that we are filled with the Spirit is the very fact that we are believers in Christ Jesus. And as believers in Christ Jesus, we were promised the Holy Spirit uh, by Jesus himself. Number two, we have a seal in Christ. Ephesians 1, 11 uh, through 13 helps us to begin to understand that with our hope and belief in Christ, we are the praise of God's glory, the fulfillment of his, of his will, who works out everything for his will. We are marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Our deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption. Number three, we preach Christ. Acts 2.36 helps us to even further understand that with the power that we are given from the Holy Spirit, we preach Christ lived, died, and is raised or was raised from the grave. We preach Christ. He was the child of the virgin birth. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. We tell of his miracles and we speak of his wonders and signs. We tell uh, of of his trial and conviction for a crime he didn't commit. We preach one Friday afternoon. He was stretched wide and hung on a cross. We preach he died. We preach he was laid in a borrowed tomb. Uh, We preach he went among the dead and set the captives free. We preach early uh, that Sunday morning, God raised him from the dead with all all power in his hands. So so what I want to conclude with as I wrap up this brief message to you is this, is we are in the last days, a time that was set apart by God, for the wonders of God to be spoken to all people. Crime may continue to rise. Uh, There shall be unfair treatment of men, women, and color, of men, women, and children based on the color of their skin. Uh, The rich will will continue to strive to get richer. There shall be wars and rumors of wars. There shall be the great falling out and continue to be a great falling out among families and family members. There shall be the giving of life and there shall be death in the land. But through it all, we preach Christ. There shall be personal trials and tribulations. And through it all, we preach Christ. Uh, There shall be ups and downs in our lives. Yet through it all, we preach Christ. There shall be personal strain and struggle as we set out to do the things we're trying to accomplish 
in this earth, yet we preach Christ and Christ alone. There shall be challenges and challenges are more that we face, yet through it all we preach Christ. There shall be those who will come against us because we have decided to place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Through it all we preach Christ, there shall be those who disagree with us, not because we are wrong, but because we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ and because we do not stutter nor stammer, because we declare that he is the Lord and that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord and because we have stretched out in faith and because we believe with all our heart there will be those who will not like us for that yet through it all we preach Christ government shall continue to go about the governmental affairs there shall continue to be dissension in the Congress, there shall continue to be dysfunction in the political spectrum, but through it all, we preach Christ. No matter what the president says, we preach Christ. No matter what we see going on in the stock market, we preach Christ. No matter what they're trying to get us to believe in the halls of the academy, we still preach Christ. We bear witness to Christ and to Christ alone because we understand that he is the Lord, that he is the one who is high and lifted up, that he is the one who is at the right hand of the Father even now. And even when we're being challenged and pressed, even when we're wrestling with our own trials and tribulation, it is him that we are looking to as our great advocate, the one who reminds the father of his promises to us, the one who uh, legislates our case and argues our case before God, the one who laid down his life for us that we might have everlasting life through faith in him. Through it all, we preach Christ. Whether we're married or divorced, we preach Christ. Whether we're single or in a relationship, we preach Christ. Whether we're black, white, Hispanic, or otherwise, we preach Christ. No matter where we are in life, we preach Christ. I may be up, I preach Christ. I may be down, I preach Christ. I may be going, I preach Christ. Then again, I might be going out, and I preach Christ. No matter where we are, we find ourselves together preaching Christ. It is that message that we must be reminded of when it comes to the outpouring of the Spirit in our lives, because there are moments when too much attention is put on the manifestation of the Spirit in terms of spiritual giftedness, and spiritual giftedness has its place and its, and its, and its position in the plans and purposes of God, but let us not forsake the first measure and the first demonstration of the outpouring pouring of God's spirit in his church. And that is the enablement to preach Christ. 
That is the enablement to go about and preach the gospel. Let us be reminded that the first litmus test of whether or not we are filled with the Holy Spirit is the preaching of Christ that comes forth through us. It is the belief that we have in Christ. It is the ability to know we are the shadow of a doubt that Jesus is Lord and I trust him with my life, my soul, and my salvation. Let us be reminded that the first measure of the outpouring of God's spirit is faith. Uh, and the first measure of that outpouring of that spirit going in our lives is the bringing forth a proclamation of the gospel. It is preaching Christ no matter what. It is sticking with Christ no matter what. Man, I pause right there and remind you that sometimes we don't have all the answers. Sometimes we're faced with things that are so perplexing that we can't even spell our way out of it. Sometimes we're facing things that are so challenging that we don't even have enough money to buy our way out of it. Sometimes we're facing things that are so perplexing that we don't even have enough words to talk our way out of it. But through it all, we trust and preach Christ because he is our deliverer. He is our savior. And we need to be reminded from time to time that as you set about the course of your everyday life, let that be witness in the earth that you are filled with the spirit. Go therefore now children and preach the gospel. Go therefore now children of God and preach Christ. We are the living manifestation of Joel's prophecy. That is the ability to preach Christ no matter where we are to whomever we have an opportunity to preach it to. So when we do so, this is what Joel spoke of. It is the evidence in our lives of the outpouring of God's spirit upon us. It doesn't mean that we were not... Uh, uh, dream dreams. It doesn't mean that we shall not prophesy. It doesn't mean that we shall not have vision, but it does mean that when we prophesy and when we have visions and when we have dreams, they all work together according to the plans and purposes of the one who sent Christ. And with all that working together, the outpouring of God's spirit in our lives is often made manifest when we preach Christ. So if there's somebody who's listening to the message today, and you're sitting out there and you're wondering, what is the gospel? The gospel, simply put, is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The thing you need to hear is that you are included in the whoever. It doesn't matter what your size is. It doesn't matter how wide you are. It doesn't matter how thin you are. It doesn't matter how tall you are are. It doesn't matter how short you are. The skin, the color of your skin is not relevant. What family you were born into is not important. The whoever is personalized. It means you in the essence of who you are. You are the whoever. And if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. My cry for you is believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Don't let this opportunity get by you. Don't let it 
slip by. Don't let it move past you without taking advantage of this opportunity to, to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot be here long now. I must go, but I couldn't leave without telling somebody to believe on the name Jesus Christ. No matter what your situation is, believe on the name Jesus Christ. You might be smoking dope right now. I still encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You may be out of money. You might even be broke and bankrupt. I encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You may be underemployed or unemployed. I still encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. Your cars may be working. Your house may be fine. And there may be food in your cupboards. But I still encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You might be sitting up wondering if you're going to graduate this year or next year. But I still encourage you to believe on Jesus Jesus Christ. You may have one, but not only one. You might even have two, but not only two. You might even have three, even not even three. You might even have four earned degrees on your wall. And with all that education, I still encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You might be able to play instruments like nobody's business. You may be gifted in song with your voice, but with all that musicianship and with all that vocal accomplishment, I still encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You might be lying on your sick bed right now, and you might not be able to get up and come down to the church, but some way, somehow, God made provision for you, and you're listening to this message right now, and you might be listening online or, or listening on the phone, but however you're hearing it, hear the sound of my voice. I encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You might be married and things are going swell, regardless of how good your marriage is going. I encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You might be divorced. In fact, you might be on your second divorce, but no matter how many divorces you've had, I encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You might be one who's been overlooked. You might feel like the black sheep of your own family. You may feel like least, last, and little, but whether you feel little, least, or last, whether you're the black sheep or not of your family, I encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. Don't let the opportunity get by you where you missed the moment to believe on the name Jesus Christ. You may have been exposed to another belief system. You may have even spent time in another belief system. You may have even wore other religious garments. But I encourage you under the sound of my voice to believe on the name Jesus Christ. If nobody ever told you, let me tell you, religion won't save you, garments won't save you, garb won't save you, jewelry won't save you, hairstyles won't save you. It is a faith in Jesus Christ that saves once and for 
all all. I just want to encourage you one last time before I go that as you've heard the gospel preached to you on this day, know that this is good news for you. I may not ever get a chance to shake your hand in person, but know that I trust that God will provide for you. I may not ever get to lay eyes on you in person, but know that the Lord does see you. I may never get to uh, sit down and break bread with you or have a cup of coffee with you, but know that the Lord will come and sit with you. He will meet you right where you are. So one last time, I just want to encourage you to believe on the name Jesus Christ. I wish I had more time to spend with you, but my time is up. And if I had to maximize my time, if I had to make sure I got what I needed to say out, I have to spend most of my time encouraging somebody to believe on the name Jesus Christ. We are in the last days. No man knows when the period shall expire. No man knows when the Lord shall return. But under the sound of my voice, there's an outpouring of the Spirit on me. And I must encourage somebody to place their faith in Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus now. The doors of the church are open. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the opportunity. Give your life to Christ today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till tonight. Give your life to Christ today. I sure wish that and I sure hope that somebody who's heard the gospel preached uh, will respond. Oh, Holy Spirit, fall fresh upon us and let the conviction of the Spirit move mightily uh, upon those who need to come to the Lord. And I need to say something before I go to those who may be backslidden. I know that's a term we don't use often in the contemporary church anymore, but I'm talking to somebody who's backslidden. What do you mean, Reverend? my backslidden. I'm talking about somebody who is saved but out of the fellowship of the local church. For whatever reason you fell out or was ejected out. I don't need to know your reason. I don't need to know what happened. But I do need to tell you what I feel. The Lord is pressing upon me. It's time for you to come home and reunite with the Lord's church. I'm not talking about the universal church. I'm talking about the local church. It's time for you to move into fellowship with the local church and I want you to know that the Lord has made a place and a home for you. Calvary is a good place to come to know the Lord in. It's a good place to fellowship with other believers. It's a good place to go to heaven from. So I encourage those who are backslidden to come home, to come on back into the fellowship of the local church and let your gifts be used for the glory of God. And if you didn't know this, I want to tell you this one last message. You are the praise of God's glory. If you are saved and you hear this coming out of the words coming out of my mouth, you need to be reminded that as a child of the king, you are the praise of the glory of God. So therefore, children, go therefore and live your life according to his plans and purposes. Go therefore, children, and live your life in together and with unity, that men shall see us join one with another, linked up, hooked 
hooked up and bound up together and be able to begin to ask questions about how uh, they too shall can, can be saved. And let us be able and willing and ready to prophesy unto them, to speak the word of God to them, to declare the oneness of God to them, and most of all, to be able to preach the gospel to them. For Jesus has come. And not only did he come, not only did he live, not only did he die, not only did, he, uh, did God raise him from the dead, his arms are stretched wide for those who still yet need salvation. Let us go forth together and preach Christ. Preach Christ in the morning hour. Preach him in the noonday hour. Preach Christ at night and preach him in the early morning. Wherever you are, preach Christ. That's my word to you today. When you ask, answer the question, is this in my life? Bear witness to it that uh, whatever God has done in your life uh, to cause you to become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, to cause you to know now that you have a seal in Christ, uh, to cause you to preach to, to preach Christ through it all, be reminded that uh, the this is in your life and that this is the outpouring of God's spirit. Go therefore now children and preach Christ. Preach him where you go. Preach him where you go. Preach him where you go. My God, my God. May the Lord continue to bless us. May he continue to bless us. May he continue to bless us. <laughs>